0: Hello. Hello, everybody. Now we're back. We're recording again. It's been another week, and it's time for the podcast. Matt Steele. Yes. Are you ready today?
1: Sure, I guess. Good. Because you know what? It's my job.
0: It is your job. It we don't get paid job. a lot, but we hate We've been doing better this year than we've ever done before. We really have. Which not-
1: is interesting because, like, I've been on strike for most of the year. That's true. But I haven't been on strike for this. No, this
0: you're still allowed to do. I am showing up. i showing up and showing up. Wait, wait, by the way, we, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this in the real show. I saw something about the last offer from AMPTP is the last and final offer to the SAG folks. Yeah, is yeah. that true? Uh, girl,
1: I don't know. I'm not <laughs> on that negotiating committee. I'm not Miss Fran herself sitting there. But I'm m- waiting for the email tonight saying yay or nay. Okay. Yeah, and the I've, thing is
0: all of those things have no teeth because like if y'all say nay like what are you going to do A.M.P.T.P.? Like there's no other option. You need a new deal.
1: Well I the know new what new I'm going to do. I'm going to come back next week for two game
0: apps. Yes. We love to be a non-struck company.
1: Everybody, welcome back to another two gay mats of the podcast. It is Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And it is November. Yes. It's getting dark early, huh? Ooh,
0: it really Ooh. is. I Ooh. mean, that fallback hits you and you're like, wow, it really is. Pitch black at 540 yeah. now. And it's like that's it's just different because I don't get off my day job work until six, and you know I love to do a little walk around the you know around the neighborhood after work. Yeah, and so now it's going to be like fully dark. Like I liked having a little bit of sunset to see, you know. Yeah, but you'll be fine. It's a safe neighborhood. It's safe. Where it's, you're
1: like ref- reflective gear as you're doing your power walk. Right.
0: I just like you know I like to have something to look at, and so as much as cute as like the you know light the street lights are, I'd rather a sun a nice sunset yeah I mean yeah. you can still look at things you'll you'll just look at it in a different way right. This is how
1: all y'all who like wearing sunglasses see the world a it's, few shades
0: darker Sure but it's not pitch black with some lights in that sky that's it. whenever
1: I put on sunglasses I'm always like, oh, it's
0: nighttime I hate it I don't feel that way Matt Steele yes, how was your week? My
1: week was good. It yeah. was a lot of work because I am going to Palm Springs next week and I'm doing like a bunch of stuff so like I'm trying to like work a lot. Oh right. Um, when are you back uh, from Palm Springs uh Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm just going Tuesday into Wednesday. Oh, okay, great. And then Thursday, I'm going to like a Big Brother party. Yes. Uh, and so I've been working a lot this week. I did a lot of walking, like extra walking, handing out, um, going door to door, flyering for my restaurant and everything. I In one day, in about three hours and 45 minutes, I walked 11 miles. Wow. I know. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have abs now. I don't.
0: <laughs> I would love if there was a Kathy behind the door. Like if you knocked on someone who's I looking, don't knock
1: on doors. Oh, you, thought you
0: just, said you knocked on the door. No, oh. I woke up, I slipped the thing in the mail. Oh, oh I wanted someone God. to recognize you at the house. No, like, no, oh no, my no, God, no, no, I'm no. always there on I Sunday don't nights. Be seen,
1: I don't want to be seen if someone is like in their front lawn yes. and I'm passing out, I skip that house because it's like I'm not having an interaction <laughs> with this person <laughs> who doesn't want me on their lawn. Sure. Yeah. And I have to say, God, I, I get it. Like modern architecture is very exciting and everything but like guys if you get a house put the mailbox in like a findable area (laughs) and have it look like an actual mailbox that's crazy because it is so hard finding some of these like santa monica mailboxes around Mm. these houses it's like what am i doing i'm like bushwhacking through like their like forest in their front lawn and then i get up to the door there's no mailbox i'm like maybe it's at the front gate and nope not at the front gate i have no idea where this mailbox is so i have to like stick it under their doormat and i feel like you know a loser. Oh, that's
0: okay. I think you did your best and the best is the best you can do. It is the best I can right?
1: do. What else did I do this week? My friend Arthur came over and we watched more of uh, season 23 of America's Next Top Model, mm. which is famously the Rita Ora season. And we watched, I thought the entire time when I said I, uh, when I told you that we were starting to binge it together with yes. my friend Arthur, I was like, oh, this girl Courtney's gonna win. Courtney came in fourth. She was just eliminated. So I'm, I'm like, who the hell's gonna win? I'm assuming this girl India, mm. but you don't know. I, I don't know. Which, I'm, I'm just blown
0: Away. did you agree when uh, Courtney got kicked off that it was her time or do you think it was a mistake on Rita and team's
1: it's part? so hard because like she is just such an utterly phenomenal model mm. but I there were there were have been a lot of like video challenges okay. uh, in this cycle okay and um, she doesn't really excel at those there have been way too many video challenges. Like mm. every season of Top Model, there's always like one, like yeah. the commercial challenge. And like, that's it. There have been like five like video challenges. It's like, this is too many. Um, So, I mean, maybe she, maybe she wasn't like able to like uh, diversify herself enough within like all these challenges. And that was kind of what people saw as her problem. Okay. But her face <laughs> is just like boom. And her eyebrows are just like pow. <laughs> And people love a boom, boom, pow, a boom, boom, pow. But you know what? Number the the top three is great. You know, we have okay. India who like the purple hair they gave her is a little weird, but like she's a great model and like Corianne and uh, Tatiana, I believe her name is like, they're all great. So I, um, we will see.
0: I'm excited yeah. to see how that turns out for you. Sure. And like four years ago, when did this air? Oh, this was like 2017. <laughs> oh, was I'm talking Iconic. about this old
1: ass season <laughs> of top model, but you know what? The show still holds up. It's hey. great. Matt Palmer, what did you do this week?
0: Well, this week uh, was Halloween and Mm -hmm. in my new apartment, it's kind of like, um, it used to be a house essentially and they added apartments on top of it. So we, and the neighborhood is like pretty flat and the houses are pretty close together. And so we get a lot of trick or treaters. And so last year, um, Jackson was out of town. He was visiting his brother in Ohio. And so I had my friends Joe and Tim over and we made dinner and like, we had a lot of trick or treaters. Absolutely. But like... I was able, they would knock on the door, say trick or treat, or sometimes they wouldn't. They'd just be like, oh, and I'd be like, okay, you didn't say the thing, but sure, you can have some candy. But you actually, like, when you were a kid, said trick-or-treat. Absolutely, I expected trick-or-treat. So if you're teaching your children say trick you can't just knock on my door, say nothing and have your bag out.
1: I mean, you say hello.
0: I, I didn't know trick-or-treat was like a rule. Say it. That's <laughs> stupid. I look at those kids and I'm like, I don't tell them to say it, but I think it. I'm like, you better say it. Most of them didn't, but some did. Good for them. Okay. But long story short, we I got like probably last year, I probably got forty dollars worth of candy. And it lasted the whole night. Everything was fine. This year, I got probably $40, $50 uh, worth of candy. And then Jackson got probably an additional $25, $30 worth of candy. And he did it differently. He wanted to see all of the kids go by. And so he was sitting on our patio, which is out in the front. And, uh, you know, waving people in as they walked by. Come in, children. Not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a weird way. But just like, hey, yeah, we have candy, whatever. (laughs) And by 7.45 p.m. Mm -hmm. Out of candy? Out. And so I, since he, you know, has hurt his ankle and like can barely walk, I had to go out there and like there were kids walking up the driveway, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, we're out of candy. I had to push them out of the front lawn, close the gate, turn off all the lights, close our blinds, because it's like we have nothing left, and it's not even mm-hmm. 8 p.m. And I'm like, we should have just stayed inside, because I feel like the fear of knocking on a door is going to. You know, you know, the weaker people will just keep walking. You know, we'll, only the strong will survive and get the candy. Sure. And so we would have had enough candy for the rest of the evening. And I feel like it's the opposite problem for most people in L.A. where they're like, I've gotten three people this whole day whatever whatever.
1: like literally the past 10 years of my life everyone is just like no one came to my door I'm
0: telling you over like 120 kids came to our
1: maybe like the word on the street was just like hey you don't got to knock on the door for
0: this he's just sitting there outside (laughs) I I know and so go to the gays house go go to to the the gays house house. and the thing is we also have some gays next door who like did a whole Halloween thing and they didn't run out of candy and it's like whatever they're older and probably own that house. It's different. <laughs> it's like, you was like 65 bucks worth Hello? of candy. Like my owl.
1: The thing it is candy out. is expensive. It is. I will never forget. Like, w- like, um, uh, one of my uh, birthdays recently, um, my friend, uh, I was like, Oh, I want a candy party. Like I want, uh, this was not this year, but this was like uh, a few years ago. I was just like, Oh, I want to eat a bunch of candy. And so my friend like got a bag of like, just like a bunch of candy that mm-hmm. like fed everyone. And he was like, Oh, take the rest with you. And he left the receipt in the bag. And it was like, 60 bucks worth that's of candy and I was like
0: candy's expensive it's expensive and these kids I mean and I am not a person that's like oh only take one only take one but near the end of the night I was like only take one." Really? Oh yeah <laughs> let them know because we I mean I was trying to get us at least to 830 but it didn't happen well, it's okay and
1: you know what kids are fucking greedy
0: <laughs> I mean we love kids too <laughs> but they yeah. want you
1: to pay for their shit they, w- and they, they want, want even, you to
0: feed them and they won't even say trick or treat uh- <laughs> Oh, for three. I truly never knew this was a rule oh, for some people. I, I respect the kids who say trick or treat 10, ten times more. Oh. It's like, this, is the, this is how this social interaction goes. Even if
1: they didn't have a costume?
0: If you don't have a costume, do not come. Like, stay inside. <laughs> if you have a costume or if you're, I mean, I'm honestly, if the options are a young person who's like young, the right age group doesn't have a costume. Or if you're maybe a little too old to be doing this, but you have a costume, I'd rather that like if I because I'm not a trick or you know I'm not a Halloween person I didn't dress up you didn't dress up but I I, if I was a young person and did that I wouldn't even go trick-or-treating it's like well I didn't do my I didn't hold up my end of the bargain you know what I'm saying sure So, okay, that was just Wednesday or whatever, whenever that was. Over the weekend, I went to uh, our friend Eric and Natalia's house and we watched The Golden Bachelor. We're down to final three. They went on their hometown dates, meaning that Gary went and met, you know, all of the women's uh, children and grandchildren. And he did a very big Bachelor foible. I'm like, maybe you didn't have children who told you, like, do not do this. He said, I love you to two of the women. Oh God. You can't do that. A rule of the bachelors. You only say it after the final rose has been passed out.
1: Third woman. Watch watch her win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be iconic. I mean, no one got kicked off this second, uh, that the end of the episode, it's going to be a cliffhanger. I assume it's the woman he didn't say, I love you to That's going home, but we'll see. Uh, and then i will be down to his final two and then make a a, a selection. And I can't wait to see whoever he picks is going to be so lucky and so happy, but like the fact that there are so many stakes are just like, God, these women who are not getting picked are just going to be so fucking upset. It's going to be terrible to watch, but I can't wait. Um, and then on Saturday, what I do? Oh, we had our friends, our you know, Jackson's sister and her husband over and we played some uh, Super Mario Wonder because uh, Michael, his brother-in-law, is a big Mario fan as well. And I was like, oh, this great new game on Switch, you're going to love it. And so we all played Super Mario Wonder for a bit and then today, I went to uh, my friend Sarah's uh, having a baby and that baby is coming in January. It's so very exciting, little baby boy. And Oh my God, uh,
1: January?
0: January. That's so soon. I feel like she just, told me. I know. So she is the thing is she's like time wise very pregnant but you look at her and I'm like you look great. Like you look kind of the same but
1: uh, she has abs and I don't. I know. She uh, has abs with, the
0: baby with a baby in there. It's crazy. With there. God. Uh, so it was great to have that baby shower and got to celebrate with her and a lot of friends of hers who I some of whom I hadn't seen since her wedding um, so it was great to do that and you know hang out with those people celebrate a new baby a new life coming into the world and then now I'm here with you Talking to a camera.
1: <laughs> talking to a camera. Guys, that's the life of an influencer. <sighs> yes. Lonely talking to a camera. Matt
0: Steele. Yeah. Jump into the news for idiots. Let's
1: go into the news for idiots, especially since last week we didn't talk about any news. We uh, just talked about Britney's book. Well, there's not a lot of news this week, so All right,
0: well, uh, I can squawk on about how what I think children to do on Halloween for even longer. if you'd
1: like. No, let's talk about Dua Lipa. <laughs> let's talk about Dua Lipa. Dua
0: Lipa has officially announced her comeback single. It's called Houdini, and it is coming out this week. Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time because she's British and you know, like when Adele puts things out, it's always at a weird time for us personally. But uh, I'm excited to hear it. She's apparently put out some clips. I have not listened to them because I believe you're coming over that day so that we can listen together and throw that up on YouTube and TikTok, all of that. Um, but I'm excited because I feel like Dua is a very exciting young artist uh, and I can't wait to see what she does next.
1: Yeah. And she's I mean, she's coming off of like a huge previous Giant. album. So like this, there's a lot of like pressure for this single and this next album, actually. So right. um, I'm very usually whenever like a British artist releases and it's like middle of the day in the US, I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> but like this is very good for me because yeah. um, uh, the Big Brother finale is that night and I'm going to like a Big Brother party that night. Um, So I... Was so so when I heard it was being released Thursday, I was like, Oh no, I'm gonna miss it because I, I bought these tickets for this Big Brother party. Yeah. Uh, but then when I found out it was being released midday, I was like, Oh, let's go. I know. Like so, this is very convenient for me. Thank you so much, Dua. Absolutely. I hope this era goes swimmingly for you.
0: And I'm wondering if it, the album's called Kaleidoscope. I know we're in like kind of a magicy well realm. All of her album I'm covers seeing are kaleidoscopes. So
1: many different things. Like the album's called this. The singles called like the, her new hair looks like this. Like what's real? <laughs> There's the a real like conspiracy theory. Houdini theories. is real. That Houdini is the name of the is single. Real.
0: Everything else is speculatory. I mean, I assume her hair looks the way the hair looks in the single cover, which looks, you know, good. Some red like in it. Looks
1: like Dua Lipa's hair. Oh, it like always a little red. It's a little, yeah.
0: Yeah, a little red in there. So yeah. that's happening this Thursday. Everybody, mark your calendars. And then uh, our number two story of the week mm-hmm. has to do with you know the Broadway guys. This is for the Broadway Cathys out there. So apparently there was a lot of hubbub because Aaron Tveit and Sutton Foster are now starring in Sweeney Todd. Uh, they are replacing Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford. They're leaving the production of Sweeney Todd on January 14th. This is on Broadway, and these are two Tony winners who are taking over these lead roles for a 12-week engagement from February 9th through May 5th. Um, I read this and I was like, oh wait, like you know, people love Sutton Foster, and you know how I feel about Aaron Tveit. What a vocalist! What a vocalist! What a vocalist! But I felt like I was getting a lot of hubbub on the Discord and on like theater Twitter that would you know funnel into mine a little bit, and I was like, oh, people are not happy with this casting. So tell us from a theater perspective. Yes.
1: What's the problem? What the controversy is. Uh, See, the thing is, like, I don't understand why there's any controversy with the Sutton Foster casting because it's like, guys, the role calls for a mezzo who belts and does comedy. (laughs) Sutton Foster fits that kind of like to a t. Like, I think she's going to be fantastic. And the thing with Aaron Tveit that a lot of people are kind of like. I guess, like concerned about Mm. is it's kind of like a combination of a bunch of stuff. Like, and especially the context of what's happening in the theater world today. Okay, Sweeney Todd is like one of the best, like great baritone roles of musical theater, Mm. especially older baritone. Like it's usually played by a guy like late forties early 50s oh. and this production because this production was mounted for Josh Groban essentially like they, they are going a bit younger um and, but you know Aaron Tveit is 40 mm-hmm. which like i guess realistically can happen cuz the whole thing is like Joanna's his daughter is probably like 16 17 years old sure. and uh, he's coming back like to get revenge like for his wife and her and everything so like I guess when you are 40, especially in that time, you could have a, you know, 16, 17 year old daughter and everything. Um, It's the the tenor part that like people are Mm. a little concerned about because Aaron DeVate, you cannot deny objectively brilliant, like vocalist, excellent performer. Like we all remember where we were when next to normal up there singing I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. But it's like, that feels like, yes. First of all, that feels like yesterday and he was playing a teenager. So like, to me, I'm just like, what? this is kind of triggering that he's suddenly playing Sweeney Todd. Um, And the thing is like, I'm all for like exciting new casting, like getting people like out of their element um, and everything. So like the prospect of like a known like tenor playing Sweeney Todd, like would be like super, super exciting Mm. if we weren't in a time when like, no one is writing for baritones now. Oh. Like like baritone roles, roles are so scarce, and it's kind of just like making people think about how Broadway is becoming so ho- like homo- homogenized. Mm, yes, Isn't it right. Homogenized? That's, that's right. Homogenized. <laughs> yes. um, and especially because of like musical musical theater programs, like BFA programs and colleges, there's a lot of criticism towards them these days. Thinking like, oh, these programs are just trying to get all the kids to sound and act exactly the same, mm. which is very much like a tenor voice can you be a pop tenor, especially because a lot of musical theater now, a lot of it is uh, a jukebox musical. Right. So, um, so there, people are just kind of like worried that like, what does this mean for baritones out there? What does this mean for baritone roles? Mm. Especially because there's also a little bit of the, uh, the controversy of like the off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors um, where they keep casting like really hot guys <laughs> as like the right. quintessential nerdy role sticking some glasses on him and then being like, look at that nerd. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, what does this mean for... I mean, I've been squawking to the heavens for years now. What is happening to the character roles on Broadway? Mm. Um, people are just like a little like concerned about that.
0: Would you say that you are also concerned about this? Oh
1: God, yeah. yeah. Like, I, Like where are the the character roles on Broadway now because like people are like, Oh, this is a character role. And it's like, this is like a hot pop tenor. <laughs> like just because he's like a little quirky right. does not a character like role or actor make you know like it's quirky like it's quirky in the sense that like Zoe Deschanel was quirky in 2012 like you wouldn't call her a character actress you know all right. Um,
0: right. and now I'm understanding the the issue and why this is a larger meaning because to me I read this I'm like hey it's too low for him raise the key (laughs) No, that I is would, a big no-no,
1: especially know. when it's fucking Sondheim music. <laughs> the
0: key. It's like, I it's don't like understand. These rules were written in a hey, certain key for a specific reason. It's like when pop divas age and they get on stage, like, can I hit that same note? Who, who cares? Lower the key. But the
1: thing is, it's because that is her song. Like, when mm. it's a pop diva, she's like, lower the key because this is my song. Right. Uh, so I can do whatever I want to it. When it's like someone else composed it, it is yeah. the
0: writer's song. Okay. So it's like... It, you know. you know, just not to bring this back to my production of Les Mis in junior high school, or junior high, in high school with my junior year where I was wronged. Bitch, uh, always bring it back. I have always to bring, bring it back it because it's, to it's always era. top of mind. Yeah. They lowered Javert songs for the Javert.
1: Mm. I wonder, like, what kind of, like, rules there are with that, like, in terms of, like, licensing. Like, if someone from, I don't know who owns the rights to lame is, like, right. an MTI or whatever, um, if, like, they had found out that you did that, if, like,
0: your school would have gotten in a little bit of trouble. And they wouldn't have gotten in that trouble if they if had passed me had cast Matt Palmer, I could sing all those baritone notes. That's right. All right? So, still talking about this. My life is, I've lived just, even longer than I had lived at that time, I've lived. But... I'm I would play Chauvet
1: a straight baritone role, not a well, baritone. Well, he was a bass. But, but you could do it. And I could do it. But you could do it.
0: He, he, I could hit every note. Every note. You
1: could hit every... Matt, what is there a note every you note. can't hit, Matt oh, Palmer? Oh, what a great question. <laughs> that
0: is a great question. What a great I question.
1: want to hear that that highest whistle on emotions. Go. I know.
0: Well, not right now. <laughs> oh, you have to warm But also, I'll give it to you later, yeah. all right? Okay. Uh, we have great new updates great. about Britney Spears' memoir. First, it topped the uh, New York Times bestsellers list. It supposedly sold uh, 1.1 million copies in the U.S. alone, trailing just behind uh, Prince Harry's memoirs spare, which sold uh, 1.6 million copies in its first week. So it's the second biggest book of the year. Uh, And Britney is the only person on the planet who can say that they have sold 1 million albums first week and 1 million books first week. So congratulations. Oh, shit. It's very true. Because you still look at those uh, stats, Because again, Taylor Swift's 1989, T- Taylor's version, ended up selling like 1.6 million copies yeah. this first uh, week, insane. which is crazy. <laughs> but you see the list of all of the like over a million plus debuts. And you're like, yes, Britney was really, she did 1.3 back in 2000. Yeah. Like it was a great moment in time. And I'm so glad that she can add another feather in her cap with this book. Well, you um, know what
1: this means? It means Taylor is writing a book as we speak.
0: <laughs> I, don't foresee- I don't believe that. I think that there will be a book, but I think we're years out. Okay. Uh, And then supposedly studios are in a bidding war for the rights to the memoir, The Woman in Me, uh, to turn it into a movie, a TV series, or a documentary. Uh, Brittany has said on Instagram that, like, oh, people are trying to make a movie of my life, but, like, I'm not even dead yet. But maybe that was before she saw how much money this is making for her and book form and how much more money it would make for her if it was optioned as, you know, TV or film. Yeah, but you, you know, know
1: what? Whatever you want, Britney. If you yes. don't want, if you don't want your story made into a movie, of you, don't, you don't need to do it. It would be a nice paycheck. I, but and I'd love to see it. But, but the thing is, like, her story has been so—it's kind of hard to see. Like, what I would want to do if I was Britney Spears, because like my story has been so manipulated by like the press and everything for so long that I would be hesitant to like have someone do it. But if this. If she like sells the rights and has some control exactly. over it, she could be like, this will be the definitive narrative that people will see. And so everyone will know what the truth is. Right. I you feel know? like
0: that's the only way she'd sell it. Is yeah, if, she, if had she had some completely. executive producer credit and or like some final say clause. Cause like she's not letting other people tell her story anymore. And which Again, I, we talked about it last week, but like it's why I now fully get her Instagram and why she does what she does with it. Cause she's just like, I don't want anyone touching me. I don't want people doing my makeup. I don't want other people to telling me what the good shot is. It's all going to be for me. Mm. So I feel like since that is kind of her uh, thought process at this very moment, if they're going to option this in a different visual medium, I imagine she'll be very much involved. All okay. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, I was inspired to re-listen to the Mariah memoir after listening to this. And that is also, I believe, being turned into a film, or I think it's actually a TV series and that Lee Daniels is involved. And I'm like, I'd love to hear more about this. Has Zendaya been a cast officially? Cause you know, that's what I want. Um, and I can't wait to see whatever actress it is lip sync to Mariah Carey's like voice notes that she will record herself. Cause no one is singing those songs in any sort of biopic besides Mariah. Do
1: you think Mariah will give us like new vocals for the the movie? Yes. I'm excited about that. That's great.
0: I know. I'm very excited about that. Okay, what's next? Oh, did you see this? Apparently record labels are now pushing a new clause in artist contracts to prevent the success of the Taylor's versions for happening from other artists. Uh, Universal Music Group, Sony Music Entertainment and Warner Music Group have changed contracts for new artists so that they have to wait up to 30 years after an initial release before re-recording their work. Previously artists had to wait between two and seven years to record. And this is essentially just seeing how much money that Taylor has made off of these re-releases, these re-recordings and It just is one of those things where it's like, man, the music industry will do everything in their power to make sure that artists make as little money as possible. Sure. It's just so gross. Like, I know the film industry is disgusting. No shade. But I feel like of all of the entertainment industries.
1: No shade. You act like I run the film industry. (laughs) Well, you know,
0: you're our film representative at the table. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like there's no more predatory business in entertainment. Van music, like it's just like historically, you watch this, so many documentaries about people in music who lose fucking everything just trying to like put their art onto the world, and this is just another example of the music business being garbage. All right, well, what are you gonna do? You <laughs> just, I, I mean, I mean, good for Taylor for not having to sign that, but I hope those, I hope she could somehow step in and be like. No artist sign this and like I will get this fixed. Sure. <laughs> Don't do it. You should be able to have Taylor, your
1: Taylor, president of the singers union. She could do it. <laughs> hey, she
0: was the one that like got Spotify to like change their percentage of the payouts I think I mean they're still garbage but at least they're better <laughs> sure um, did you see the Walmart ad with all the mean girls ladies in it? I didn't watch it no. it's very cute and okay. by all I mean all except Rachel McAdams sure uh, it features Amanda Seyfried Lindsay Lohan and um, Lacey Chabert does obviously. it have the
1: girl who uh, got punched in the face and it was awesome
0: no but they have a lot of like new young people who kind of do a similar bit
1: if it's not that if that girl's not in it it's not all the mean girls girls <laughs> that's what I have to say about that
0: uh, and also the guy who the you know the man who, who what's his name the gay guy the gay character uh, Damien Damien yeah he reprises his role Kevin Napoor is in it I was just glad there were so many it's actually very well done I wonder how much money they fucking spend on it because sure. it's like how do you get all these people back in the room together to do this and also how quickly did Rachel McAdams say you know what no thanks
1: <laughs> you know? I, I love how like Rachel I, I only saw the headlines so it was just like Rachel McAdams was just like I'm busy exactly like, <laughs> like, just like
0: I didn't want to do it and so I didn't do it and. So so, hey, that's her prerogative. I would have loved to see her. But I just am going to say, if you are, are a nostalgic millennial like myself, watching that little Walmart ad, which is very well done and looks seems very expensive, mm-hmm. will give you a little, you know, a little pep in your step. Sure. A little warmth deep down.
1: I love it. It's just to talk about uh, uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Seyfried. Seyfried. Um, she's... Just in general, like in the stuff that I've seen her do and the way she talks, she's kind of always down for fun. I <laughs> like know. She's, she's kind of always down for anything. She which does seem like a fun lady. a really fun quality about her. I know. Her. I feel like if I met her in real life, we'd be buds.
0: And so talented and like yeah. she's done so much with her career. But yeah, she does seem like a fun, a yeah. fun Yeah. I mean,
1: Lacey Chabert also seems like fun, wonderful. Of course. Broadway kid. We stand. But like Amanda I Seyfried, like in particular, just seems like, I want to do this and this and
0: <laughs> this and this. Good for her. Yeah. As she should. Um, I have to come out of the closet as someone um, who... You Look, I have loved Mariah Carey for as long as I can remember. She is the most important artist of my life, artist of a generation, best songwriter that ever lived. I love that the world loves her It's Time videos. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like there's always such hubbub around these in a way of like, oh, she's going to come out and there's going to be a new It's Time video and like, let's reference it and like, she's moving from Halloween to Christmas. It's always very cute, but like... As a fan of someone, as a musician, how excited am I supposed to get about a, an annual social media post? You know, like, we're mm. really talking about, like, wow, her TikTok stats are crazy. And, like, this Twitter video is getting such great numbers. It's like, this. none of this is real. None of this matters. Like, I, I think it's great that she does it. And especially how she's monopolized an entire holiday. is truly genius. But there's just never going to come a day where I'm like, Wow. That it's time video is my number one Mariah event of the year.
1: One day we will be, we will be doing a bracket video of the all sixteen <laughs> it's time videos we won't. and ranking which one is our favorite. We
0: really won't, and I don't care. And this one is very cute, and she looks great, and she makes fun of how people said that she gets defrosted every year, whatever. And I'm happy that she's happy, and people are excited about it. But like guys. How about the next time she puts out new fucking music?
1: For you, it's the music that matters. It's the music that matters. the music, it's that, the music
0: matters. that matters. And the next time she puts it out, pay attention. Don't just click on her socials when she's putting out an It's Time video. But to that point, Mariah, the next time you have a to promote promote it right at the top of the fucking year <laughs> to promote it right after we've had a whole two months of you promoting Christmas shit and then be like hey I have a new non-Christmas song yeah I mean <sighs> it's been January
1: a- Mariah let's let's drop a new it's, single let's have a new era that. I let's would love go. that and
0: in the same breath I also have to say we, we, we joke a lot about mm-hmm. my feuding with Brenda Lee of Rocking <laughs> Around the Christmas Tree fame. Just because it's always number two. It's always to, number two. To all
1: of for Christmas is you. And so you're somehow threatened by that. Something I, has to be number it's two. Just, I,
0: it's always something has to be number two. But I feel like her playlisting is sometimes unfairly better than Mariah's. But this is not about that. What I will say is my feud is a joke. Mostly. <laughs> but... This year, Brenda has done two things. Mm -hmm. She's released an official music video decades after the song has been released, which Mariah did in 2019. Mm -hmm. She then released her own "It's Time" video, where she's like doing something on Halloween and then transitions to November first, and she's like, "Darling, it's time, it's it's that time or something." And I'm like, "Okay." And then her like, I assume, gay great nephew has hashtagged this hashtag Brenda Season. And it's like, this is all Mariah shit. And I get it. Mariah's an inspiration to people young and old. But let's just all, let's all call a spade a spade and say that as much as we love all people of all ages, she's kind of ripping from Mariah's playbook these days, well, right? And you
1: can't get mad at her for playing that game right. I,
0: sh- I can't, but I'm just saying it's noticed and we lambs are seeing it. That's all I'm going to say. Listen,
1: how about (laughs) next year we have a nice collab between Mariah and Brenda Lee, and they do a nice little mashup of both songs, and that way everyone can be happy. We can all live in peace and harmony. I also
0: don't like that song. (laughs) I've never liked well, Rockin' Around maybe the, the new version.
1: Maybe when Brenda Lee gives new vocals, the little remix, put a rapper on it. It'll be a whole new song.
0: Maybe. I can't wait for the so-so deaf mix of rocking Around the Christmas Tree. It would
1: be a slapper. It would
0: be really something. Um, so I'm just, I, there's no, you know, we love everyone. Yes. But my eyes are open. <laughs> That's what I'll say.
1: I think this feud is very weird. <laughs> As someone who does not give a shit about Christmas hey. music.
0: Which, by the way, if you want to see uh, Matt Steele not give a shit about Christmas music live, make sure to join the Patreon before December when we have a holiday celebration where we're listening to only Christmas music, watching Christmas music content, because Matt Steele will- We're going to be watching? Yes, we here. are.
1: All right, girl. I'll, I'll be seated. I will show up on time Thanks. with a boba in hand. Hello,
0: and don't you want to see a, a fucking Grinch on Christmas watching Ryan? Be like,
1: that was nice. I'll be like, that was nice. I love how like your idea of a Grinch is being like, that was nice. Well,
0: because we all know it's a lie. <laughs> we all know you I won't care deep down.
1: I will I will be happy that other people are happy and feeling festive. That's
0: good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Euphoria season three is confirmed to be coming in 2025 by HBO. Hot. I believe The White Lotus is also coming back in 2025, which, by the way, I don't think we've finished that sag strike. So hope I assume we're... All assuming it'll be over soon. Yeah, we'll
1: see what email I get at about nine p.m. Okay. <laughs> That's well, I when I, usually when I get the emails from Fran. Do you get them daily? Uh, I, it, I have been getting them daily, oh, okay. like for the past maybe like week. Got it. Because it seems like we're moving things a Right. Okay. Yeah. So, That's good news. Yeah.
0: Well, if you haven't, make sure to put in the Discord if things. Go well or don't go well tonight. Okay. Well. All right.
1: Well, I'm an actor, so like, even after the strike's over, still not going to go well for me. <laughs> it could. You'll
0: go on auditions again. Yeah. Get all the roles. Will the I? Will you I go well. on those auditions? Oh, speaking of, yeah. I'm sorry. I know I keep talking about Will and Grace in this podcast, but I've been doing my rewatch and also listening to their rewatch podcast, uh, Just Jack and Will. And something else that Jack McFarland has in common with you, they made sure that he never drank. Jack doesn't drink on that show. Oh. Yes, which I never noticed. It's like you'll see drinks by him, but it's all just like fizzyish drinks that he likes. Like he doesn't drink. We wanted to maintain his innocence.
1: It's like said on the show that he doesn't drink. I don't or, know it's, they, or it's just like they like made a point to have him not drink in the show just to give him that
0: sort of innocence. They had they made a point to have him not oh drink. Oh my god Guys the
1: for the fucking will and grace reboot. Hello.
0: I am right here. Yes. I am right here. You are right here. I am right here.
1: That audition is filmed, bitch, and it's called Two Gay Mats. <laughs>
0: and you'd do great. You would do great with it. Um, and also, I did get to the episode where they mentioned how Megan Mullally went to Sean Hayes' show with Susan Sarandon. And they also said, which didn't get any headlines or pickup, but I, they said, like, oh, she'll definitely come on to uh, this podcast at some point. And then, um, what's this? Eric McCormack was like, yeah, she's kind of taking a step away from the craziness right now, but I'm sure she'll get on at some point. Iconic. Oh my God. Iconic. I can just feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the view. Iconic, guys. Iconic. Um, Okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, also BravoCon was this weekend, and the thing that I want to talk about, uh, I actually don't remember if I was going to do this in two game minutes or not, but I'll just say it here because it's a news story, and we don't have a lot of news stories. Ramona, there was a uh, Variety article, I want to say, that came out that was like, going to be a huge takedown of the Housewives. And like Bethany was behind it and Raquel Levis was going to be mentioned and Ebony K. Williams, the first black Housewife on Housewives of New York was mentioned. It came out and was kind of, in my opinion, a bit of a nothing burger. It was a bit of a letdown. It was like things we kind of already knew, but the only thing that was shocking, even though we kind of knew it, but it was confirmed by members of the uh, crew that worked on that final season of New York before they made the entire change. There was some conversation with Ebony and Ramona, which Ebony leaves. They have like a discussion about politics and like why voting for Trump is bad, whatever. And she leaves and um, Ramona starts talking about how, you know, people were racist against me because I was a Catholic or I was Italian or whatever it was. And she said some word that was somewhat offensive, and then the black uh, producer was like, "I don't know what that word means. Like, like, what does that mean in reference to you?" And she, Ramona, says she says, "Oh, would be like someone calling you the N word." Oh, and she said the N word. The 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 producer says she says the N word. Ramona, when she saw the Page Six article, texted Page Six about this, and she's like, "By the way, I never said I said N word, and like spells out N dash word, not." And then proceeds to begin to spell the word. And it's like, Ramona, you dumb fucking idiot. (laughs) Like, why do you think this is better or appropriate? Like, please be quiet. And then that article came out maybe Wednesday, Thursday. She is cut from the BravoCon lineup immediately thereafter. sure, Because, like, what else are you supposed to do? And you've already filmed an entire season of the uh, Housewives Legacy show with her. And, I mean, it's a girl's trip. It won't be that long. But it's still, like... This is why you should, like, you made the decision at a point to not have Ramona on anymore. There was an announcement and everything. And then, after the talks for an entire season of Roni Legacy fell through and they decided not to hire Jill, my queen, Jill Zaren, for this upcoming girls' trip, they brought Ramona back on, thinking, well, the test is settled. What bad thing could happen now? It's the bad thing. Ramona's a fucking racist. Stop hiring her. Like, period. Andy, all involved. Like, she if this isn't the example, she's going to do something else. Bring Jill Zarin back. I realize she may have ruined the talks last time by requesting for the same amount of money as everyone else did, but like, just pay her what she's worth. Get Jill on. No more Ramona on my screen. I don't need someone who's actively racist. That's not entertaining
1: to Listen, me. Listen, I hate to break it to you, but Ramona is coming back somewhere somehow. That is a woman with 9,000 lives. She can
0: come back. She has a podcast with her daughter, Avery, and they can come back right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it the deal. yeah is there any other news for idiots you'd like to share with the people? I don't think so guys alright well we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with more 2 Gay Mats the podcast alright
1: guys we're having a lot of fun in the live chat talking about like what shows were on Nick at Night for our generation yes and other people's generations yes but you know what we have something that everyone should watch yes and it is what Matt Palmer what stuff on our Patreon
0: you could go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash 2 mats and watch everything all the bonus content you could join the discord meet a bunch of friends you just haven't met yet and uh, we're going to have like I mentioned earlier I think while we're recording that we're going to have a holiday live stream at some point in December so if you want to be around for that go to patreon.com and for as little as $5 a month you can become a part of a great community that's going to welcome you with open arms yes and tomorrow
1: I'm uploading our reaction to Olivia Rodrigo's new song for the Hunger Games movie yes Uh, that'll be uploaded uh, onto our Patreon so join our Patreon to get a load of that
0: do that and if you are liking listening to this or watching this at the moment Please go to your Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review on either platform. That really helps with the algorithm. We want to get this podcast out to as many people as possible, and you could do so much to help us out. Uh, And we love you if you've done it or are thinking about doing it. Just pull the trigger. Five stars only. Reminder. Five stars only. (laughs) That five star trigger. Yes. Yes. Matt Steele. Yes. What part of the podcast are we at?
1: We are on Email My Heart and that is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled Mm T-W-O. And so we got an email this week from Lily. It's another question about exes. Lily says, X's question mark. Hi, Matt. I already know what Matt Palmer's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Exes to him are basically yes. non-conversation starters slash just no. Yes. But I have been thinking about my ex recently and really think that I want to give it another shot. We haven't talked in a year or so, and as far as I know, he is single. How would you go about approaching this topic after having not talked for a year? <sighs> we broke up because I didn't love myself enough and wasn't a whole person without him. I did the work, I went to therapy, and I think I can say I wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't be the same person I was at the time and that we could make it work. Whether we get back together or not, I think I would regret not at least telling him how I felt. And if he isn't interested in getting back together, could you give me a little pep talk explaining what I should do to move on slash process this final ending? At that point, I'm not even sure we could be friends because it would be too awkward. But if I am being honest, I would like him in my life, whether that be romantic or not. Help! It's brutal out here. (laughs) Lily. (laughs) I love that. Yes, I love that. And I love that you are like aware enough to know like this might not work. <laughs> this might not right. happen. Right. So, um, listen, I am, v- first of all, because you said that you are the one who broke things off with him. I, I think that does give you a little bit of leverage a little bit. Um, he might still have like, I don't know if you meant he was angry when you broke things off with him. You might still have a little bit of like anger if it did end angry on his part. Right. Um, I, you know what? I wouldn't, go in initially to be like, Hey, I still have feelings for you. I would go in being like, Hey, can we meet up and and chat so we can catch up? Because then like, who knows, maybe you'll like meet up, have dinner, have a talk and everything. And in this chat, you can say that like you've worked on yourself, but like you might even realize like, you know what? It's okay that, that we're not together anymore. You might like realize like, you know what? He's, you know, moved on and I, you might realize then that maybe you have as well. So I, the, your first initial meetup or asking to meet up, I would not initiate a romantic thing. Mm. Um, if you do decide, like, I do want to still tell him that I have feelings for him, I am very much of the mindset, life is short, if you have feelings for someone, tell them. As long as you know, he might
0: not have those right.
1: feelings for you back.
0: And I would like to actually jump in and say that I agree. I think you should say what you want to say and be honest with him and open and put the ball in his court. The, the my point of view would be more if I were his friend and he was like what should I do? I'd be like don't get back to him. <laughs> If we're talking to you, yes, you should tell, well, tell because us we how know you feel. Lily's an icon. Now, of course, Lily's an icon. Yes, and from your point of view, absolutely, you should be honest and say what you want to say. It's not, um, but you have to really prepare yourself for either answer. Yeah, like you can't go in being like, okay, if he says no, then I'm going to turn into a ball and like this will extend my morning and all of this. Like you just have to. The the goal is to say it. It can't be the goal that you're going to get the response you want. You know, yeah. like I think. You have to just go. You say what you want to say. Again, I agree. Not in first meeting. The first meeting should just be about you catching up. And when it feels like the right time to bring up your feelings, then tell him. Um, But it can't be about what he says back. It can't be about whether you guys get back together. The goal needs to be, I've said this thing. And then whatever he gives back to you, you've got to make peace with it. Because, you know, you broke this guy's heart, it sounds like. Even if it was for a good reason, to go work on yourself. And so he is allowed to say and feel however he'd like to feel about that. Mm -hmm. And you have to respect his decision. Um, Putting the ball in his court, I realize is scary, but if you don't attach yourself to his response, I think it'll be easier. And just, you know, I think being honest and open and vulnerable with your feelings should be the goal. And um, yeah, Yeah. I think that's, very feasible.
1: Because just like being honest and vulnerable and open with your feelings like makes you feel good as well. Yeah. Like when you say even if you don't get the response that you necessarily yes. want, you're like, at least I was able to express this. And like at least he knows that like I have worked on myself. And so even if he doesn't want to get back together with me, like at least he can be happy for me. Exactly. And he can think of me fondly. Um And, you know, maybe, like, somewhere down the road, like, develop, like, a friendship in the future if, like, he decides he wants to do that. And if that's not painful at all for you. Sure, yes, if that's not painful at all for you. In terms of, like, if it doesn't go, like, how you want it to go moving on, I think maybe you can get some solace in knowing that, A, that you were, you had this open moment, that you had this honest moment that you got to express your feelings. So that always makes you feel good. And also, like, that... Even if he doesn't want to get back together with you, I'm positive he will still feel like, you know what? I appreciate her telling me that. Mm -hmm. I I appreciate, like, it makes me, because, you know, whenever someone tells you that they like you, like, you're just like, oh, that makes me feel good. Sure. Like, I think you can get some solace in knowing that, like, maybe you made him feel good and knowing that, like you still think about him right and maybe in, in those fond
0: ways and maybe like now that you will have said the last thing like you will have left no stone unturned and uh, maybe it'll be easier to be like okay i know the answer i know how to move on from this it's it'll be less of a nebulous like who knows what the feelings are. Like if yeah. I did this, what would happen? You would have all the answers to that. So you could just close the book on it or start that relationship back up.
1: again. You know, I'm all about a closure <laughs> moment. Cause I am just like, I cannot end any relationship, whether it be friendship or romantic ever with me having negative feelings towards you. Like I, I, I need, I map home again. I am just like, we need to have be on good terms. I want to be happy when I think about you and not be furious <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good and i can say for so, for almost every person in my <laughs> life i i have those feelings. even if like we had you know a, a, a even if like things like didn't necessarily end well between mm. me and someone not, i'm talking about like friends in general not sure. as romantic things or anything um i still like found time in the future to like you know be on good terms like you know talk to them talk things through get an understanding of each other and end up on good terms with them and so we're cool i like just being cool with everybody that's what gwen stefani says that's what gwen stefani says and yes. she is the prophet of our
0: time and she really is yes
1: and so we also got another
0: email my heart question uh from we have our, actually have an email here if you want oh do we it. do we okay like so we'll, we'll, do a co- show. we'll
1: do a couple
0: all right so this is from derek can we return to cinder please Uh, Hey, guys, about six months ago, I got promoted and moved across the country. It was a brand new city, and I didn't want to be alone. A good girlfriend of mine just got out of an abusive marriage and needed a change, so I said, you know what? Come with Big mistake. I I literally cannot do this. Her two chihuahuas are constantly barking. There's hair everywhere. She's messy and doesn't pick up after herself. I can go on and on and on. Guys, she got to go. I love her to death. But if we continue living together, I'm not going to like her anymore. This isn't the same as her visiting every now and then when I lived alone. My last straw was yesterday when she left a used tampon in the bathroom counter. I know I asked her to come with me and literally brought her across the U.S., but would I be wrong saying for saying that we need to part ways? Um, no. No. I would
1: start with Hey, girl, don't leave a used tampon (laughs) like in the like. I would start by being like, "Hey, can you like clean up after yourself? Can you do this? Can you do
0: this? Can you do this?" To me, it seems like from just I'm I'm trusting our narrator, Mm -hmm. the door is closed. Like I feel like we've (laughs) we've moved past the point of like maybe there are some conversations about change behavior that could change this. And it's like I literally am beginning to dislike you now. And I think the conversation, the tough one, is going to be like, "Hey." I'm so glad we moved across the country together, but I don't think living together is the best choice for our friendship.
1: But will it hurt the friendship even more to just flat out immediately be like, you need to go? Or like, because if I was her, I would I would be like, Well, why didn't you tell me you were having these problems? Like, why didn't you tell me you were having these issues?
0: Sure, but it's like, if you want to be the one to say, I will look for a new apartment, that'll be easier for her. So she doesn't have to move out, she can find a new roommate. Sure, but it seems I, I mean, again, just saying if Derek what Derek's saying is true, I think the door's closed. Like maybe he could have in the past have said that before it got to like resentment level. Mm-hmm. But now it's like we if to if we're going to salvage this friendship, this living situation cannot be what it is. It
1: that that's the the thing is though, like I feel like the friendship is more easily unsalvageable. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's more easily unsalvageable you. if you if you just immediately are just like, you need to go. So well, if you are worried about the friendship being salvageable, I would maybe give like a chance and be like, Hey, these are this is something, can you do this? You know? I think there's a kind way to ask someone to no longer live with you. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, no, of course there is, but I'm I'm just wondering how she would react.
0: I mean, it's going to be a tough conversation either way. So whichever path you choose, I think it's not going to be easy. But I think you're doing the right thing for A, to hopefully salvage the friendship, but also to salvage your sanity. Like, that sure. you have to be like, my living situation Like is having such a toll on – like my negative living situation is having such a bad effect on my mental health that like this needs to change in one way or another even if feelings get hurt. Because hard conversations, there are going to be feelings that get hurt. So whichever conversation you would like to have and feels better to you, I say just do it as quickly as possible because I would not continue suffering in that like living situation and like growing more and more resentful like i think that's only going to lead down a dark road
1: sure but i i do think the extreme of just being like you need to leave right now even after like after especially after like i told you to move across the country with me like i feel like that would be a very 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 sudden and hard thing for her to hear and I- like I could see her really resenting
0: that. But if he doesn't, he's going to wake up and really hate her and say it in a much less kind
1: way. Sure, and that but that's why I think that there is like a nice middle ground where it's like establishing like hey, if you want to keep living here like you need to do this.
0: You know. You can do that if you'd like. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you can do whatever you would like. I I think from the sounds the way that you spoke about it, it feels like over to me the living situation You can say it in the kindest way in the world, but at the end of the day, You've got to protect yourself first, even if it hurts her feelings, even if the friendship has to end, if it's going to mean weeks and weeks of you being more and more angry and upset and uncomfortable in your own home, mm-hmm. it's not worth
1: it. Yeah, I only say it's just because he is concerned about yeah the friendship lasting. Sure, you know, concern is kind. Con- <laughs> <laughs> we love concern. We love here at concern. Mad. Yes. yes. Uh, so we got another email, my heart. Question in the live chat from Isaac. Very simple question. What do you think is such a great era of music like year wise for Mm. you. Isaac referenced the bubblegum pop that was big in like 2008 to 2012 Mm -hmm. which like I mean that has to be my answer especially I think I would say like 2012 to 2013 especially for me. Mm. Kind of like creeping into 2014. By mid 2014 I was like we're going downhill (laughs) but um But like I would say like 2013 especially was such a huge moment for me. And I think that's because I had moved to L.A. I was living with Matt Palmer and in living with Matt Palmer, (laughs) you really begin to understand how music works. And I was like learning so much through him. I was learning What the fuck, Billboard was. And like, I was actually like following Billboard because Matt Palmer was interested in it. And I was actually following like what musicians were doing. So I just had more of like an idea of what was happening. And so I think that's. Also, because the music was excellent Mm -hmm. around that time, but I think that's why I look at those years specifically fondly because I was having my eyes open to so much. Right. Um, And also, I mean, fucking 1997 to like 2000 were just years. Like those were years of music.
0: Uh, Yeah. For me, I would say 1995 to 1998 are like the golden years for me. It was when I was first getting into music and fell in love with. Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson scream and went back and bought all their discoveries. obviously Mariah's daydream. And like that first 95 year feels like me just discovering what I like. Mm. And then 96 and 97 and 98 is just like the music that was popular and mainstream felt Like it was becoming more and more sophisticated as the years and months went on, and more cerebral as I was getting older. I was able to understand like the vocal arrangements that were becoming more complex and the lyrical choices that were becoming Mm -hmm. more interesting. I just, it's for me, it's going to be tough to beat that era in my life. I do think 2007 through 20. 10, 2011, 2012, 2013 is a good year, is also up there for me, and I'm excited. For the next era like that, the next stretch of time like that. I feel like we have mm. bursts and fits and starts of good and things. And it just
1: never continues. Because, guys, like, once 2015 started, like, we were like, what? oh, why does it feel like nothing's happening? And right. then we got to a point where we were in the trenches. <laughs> like, 2019 era, 27, yeah. Woof. It was fucking tough. woof. It was rough. I also wanna add, like, I think 1997 to like 2000 to me were. Very um, influential in terms of like music Because also that was like the advent of the internet Mm. And so that was also a time where I was becoming aware Of like what was happening Totally um, more so music wise I believe that you know yes. so there are reasons for my choices reasons for the season yeah okay All right. so now we are on to two gay minutes Yes. ladies and gentlemen this is the section of the podcast where we each ramble about something that the other Matt doesn't give a, give a shit about for two minutes Yes. two minutes only mm-hmm. do you have one
0: I do I have a couple you have a couple ones. a couple mini ones yes. a couple
1: mini ones do you want to go first or you want me to go first I can go first if you'd like me okay, to okay why not let me pull out my uh, my counter yeah get that timer out let's get the timer out let's get the stopwatch out. Matt Palmer, are you ready for your two game minutes? I am ready to go. All right, ready, set, go.
0: Okay, so I want to talk about BravoCon and just a couple of things that I feel about it. I feel like there are pros and cons. Obviously I love seeing all the previews. I love that we got the Roni Legacy preview. We got a preview of uh, Beverly Hills' A New Dinner Party from Hell that's coming up in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, a lot of interactions on stage are very cool and interesting and getting Andy's answers to like, what do you think of Bethany's reality reckoning? He doesn't really answer but just seeing him faced with these questions from People who really love Bravo is interesting. The issue I have with BravoCon is sometimes you are putting people, like, entire casts on stage together before the reunion. Like, Summer House has filmed their entire season. It ends with a very bombshell breakup with Carl and Lindsay, who were engaged, going to be married, I believe, this month, this year, and... Instead of the first time they, they're they going to see each other being on that reunion stage and that tension having built up over months and months and months and months, mm. they're sitting on a BravoCon stage okay. and getting these initial questions from people that aren't Andy. And it's like, OK, this kind of lets the air out of the drama One a minute. little bit in a way that I don't think is appropriate or not like inappropriate, but just like it's going to make the reunion worse, in my humble opinion this also seemed to happen, but it also seemed to happen with Vanderpump Rules a little bit. You know, obviously Ariana and Tom Sandoval were on stage together. Tom Sandoval got a lot of booze, which I did like. But now there's this whole thing about like, well, Sheena uh, went to Tom Sandoval's suite during BravoCon and Ariana finds that to be a betrayal. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of interesting, but also is it not like a little bit of fourth wall breaking for drama on this show that's actually not even filming right now to be bursting out because of BravoCon and Like, who hangs out with whom and what suites? Like, I think it's, I get it, it's fan service and people want to interact with their favorite Bravo celebrities, but sometimes there's a set schedule for a reason and I don't want us to be letting the air out of the tires of some of the more tense things that we could be watching on the reunions.
1: I agree with that. Your two minutes are that's uh, up right now. Okay. Um, I ag- I very much relate to that in terms of like Big Brother because it's, it's like letting the air out of the tires and like having something like spoiled like in an interview before yes. before getting to like the real good interview. It's the yes. same thing as like when people tell someone on Big Brother, hey, you're being evicted tonight. Exactly. It's like, come on. Like we almost had a blind side. Like, that's the fun of you, it. That's the you fun know? of it. That's what you're on the show to do.
0: Exactly. And what am I going to be... I mean, I assume the reunion will still be good when we get to the Summer House reunion, but... It's now just going to be a little less interesting because we already know how they interact Yeah. these days. Okay, yeah. are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready, guys. It's about Big Brother. It's miserable. A shock. Yeah, miserable two gay minutes.
0: Three, two, one.
1: After an entire week of Jag, Matt, and fucking Bowie Jane essentially isolating Suri and Felicia, Suri was voted out. And even though Matt and Suri were allies all season long, Matt didn't seem to care much. When the HOH competition started, we saw it was yet another competition of look at this picture and remember everything that's on it. Why have we had zero competitions other than Otev that actually have anything to do with the, the things that actually happened in the house? Why Why? Why are we in the top four and we haven't had a before and after competition yet? Whatever. Fucking Bowie Jane wins HOH because it came down to a tiebreaker where you had to guess a certain amount of seconds and the queen of the whiteboard Bowie Jane won again. It's honestly impressive that all three of her HOH wins were won from a tiebreaking whiteboard question. Her winning HOH means that she makes it to finale night and that she will break Derek Lavasser's record for most number of days spent in the house without being nominated. 100 days. And even though we're disappointed in her, it's a (laughs) slag. She puts up Felicia and Matt preventing Matt from tying her record, as this is his first time nominated too. Jag wins the power of veto, which means he has the power to evict. As his soul, as he is the sole vote. The obvious move that he knows is the obvious move is to get rid of Matt. Matt can left. very well beat him in a jury vote because he has he was well aligned and got zero blood on his hands. Jag spends the entire weekend trying to muster up the courage within himself to evict Matt. He cries. He confides in Bowie Jane. And I was oh about God. to write an actually happy two gay Matts minutes <laughs> when I two gay minutes when I was celebrating because I was celebrating the fact that Jag is making a bold move and cutting his best friend Matt. I was ready to stand Jag so hard and was imagining amazing scenarios of what tonight's live eviction could look like but I, I was about to write this two game minutes until about three fucking hours ago when Jag came out of the diary room with a sudden change of heart now he wants to seconds. keep Matt because according to him it's the right thing to do and him and Bowie Jane are just gonna have to win the old fashioned way girl the old fashioned way of winning Big Brother was to cut everyone's throats whatever further proof that Big Brother fans can't have anything nice because everyone is too afraid to do anything this two game minutes is dedicated to Felicia who regardless of what anyone says has been the most entertaining person if not, not just of this season but of the past several seasons, wow. the last ninety-six days watching her laugh and fall and fart and not give a fuck <laughs> about what any of these dumb kids think about has been truly a joy. Seeing her relationship with her and Suri grow and thrive and fall apart and mend has been beautiful, minutes. and she will be receiving all of my America's favorite player votes.
0: That's great. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I know because you were you were literally like posting in the, the competitive reality TV channel on the Discord, like things are really going to be interesting. I can't believe if he does this this is going to be so iconic. It would have
1: been iconic and the thing is like Jag's gameplay has been so like messy and like not good strategy all season, right. but he's only getting so far because like he's winning so many competitions mm. and this would have been such an amazing strategic move. It would have been so good, it would have been bloodthirsty, it would have been television and then he comes out of the diary room after people suspect that like mm. the diary room was Pushing him to That's save so that because they love you know creating certain narratives on the show. I mean, I don't want to you know spread conspiracy theories, <laughs> but like literally for decades, people have been like the Diary Room influences. People, um, we were we were all devastated. We're all so
0: mad. I'm sorry because you stayed on. Like I feel like weeks and weeks ago, everyone was like, "Oh, R.I.P. this season of Big Brother," but you were like, "It could still turn around. It could still be interesting. Something good could happen." Yeah, and it was about to happen for you. It
1: was. I mean, the th- interesting thing to look forward to is like if it's Matt and Jag in the final two. It's not crystal clear who would win. I mm. think it would be Matt, but like, it, that would kind of like be like a little bit of a nail biter, but like, whatever. I mean, they're all nice people. <laughs> okay. We love kind people. They're all kind people. Love yes. That. Yes. Matt Palmer. Yes. I can't say much has been giving me moments. (laughs) I I will say, to bring it back to Big Brother, something that really, really gave me a huge moment is like watching Suri and Felicia say goodbye Mm. like on the live feeds because this entire season has, the fans will scream and shout that this has been the season of Suri. I disagree. This has been the season of Felicia and Suri. Their friendship has been so entertaining to watch. They are just too, like the fact that there are two women above the age of 50 in that house together when usually they don't even have a woman over the age to 40. Right. Like the fact that there are two of them together, their dynamic was so fascinating and fascinating. Fun and funny and enjoyable to watch. Their friendship was so real because they fought and got on each other's nerves. Like when Felicia would be sitting on Suri's bed and just fart, and Sri would just be like, "Not on my bed!
0: <laughs> Why do you always
1: do this?" And just be yelling at her, and Felicia would be cracking up. It's like watching you and me. I love <laughs> it. It's like watching you and me on the feeds, except if we were, you know, a little bit older right. and women. <laughs> and uh, so, like, just like watching them the entire season has just been so wonderful. And seeing them say goodbye to each other mm. right before Suri was evicted like brought a little tear to my eyes so that Aww. was very much probably my most giving me moments of this week okay yeah what is your giving me moments of this week matt palmer
0: guys i feel like in general a lot of people ask me to listen to albums and we listen to a lot of albums for the patreon and for you know just live reacting and things and so it's hard to fit new artists in that have not proven themselves to me i like going back to my old favorites but somehow some way i think i was scrolling through twitter and a music video by an artist named chapel roan Popped on my feed. It was a music video for a song called Hot To Go. And I was like, this is one of the best songs I've heard all year. Oh, shit. The hooks on hooks. The like joyousness, the fun that you feel like is missing from pop music is just all over this girl, especially on Hot To Go, which is one of her singles off of the album The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. I could go on about Hot To Go for so long, but you know I love a spelling moment. She's like if... It's like it almost feels a little Kesha-y mixed mm. with like uh, like just serious pop songwriter ability, which is also Kesha. It's just so much energy and so much pep and so much joy. But even her like ballads have the introspection and like the heartache to them. Like my favorite section of the album is obviously Hot To Go, which again, I've talked about how great – every single hook is which by the way every part of that song is a hook is uh, but going straight into that into my kink is karma after that where it's like people think I'm uh, jealous but my kink is watching you ruin your life (laughs) like dye your hair people think I'm jealous but my kink is watching you crashing your car doing all this dumb shit now that I'm not with you is truly what brings me so much joy and I'm like you know what it's rude it's bitchy it's petty it's relatable I love that (laughs) it is a concept I think she is make music Rude again. Hello. And I love the opening song Phenomenon, which is essentially like a question as to like why can men not give women orgasms anymore? <laughs> It's like, why every time I'm with a girl, like, girls get it. They know what they're doing. And it's so fun. It's upbeat. It kind of begins as if it's a ballad. And then in every pre-chorus, there's some variation of like her screaming in the back,
1: excuse me, could you play the fucking beat? <laughs>
0: and then the beat comes in and it's excellent. Like, she knows how to craft a pop song in a way that like almost feels like in those dark years of like 2016 to 2020, felt like out of fashion. And I feel like, I always wait for like big pop sounds to come back. And it's like, if you love the most fun shit on Olivia Rodrigo's album, and you also miss the irreverence and the screaminess and of Akesha chapel is for you. Okay. They have people in the discord. have been squawking on about her. Um, last culture, have been going and giving their flowers to her for months and weeks. And I just took me a while to get on board, but feminine, Nomenon, red wine, supernova, casual, hot to go. My kink is karma. Um, Coffee. Like, I love so many of her fucking songs. And every time I listen to this album, it gets better. I cannot recommend this album
1: more. This album came out this year?
0: This album came out, yes, 2023. So I'm still within the year. You're
1: still within the year. (laughs) You're still with it. Absolutely. You're still cool. You're still hanging with the cool kids. I'm still hip. You're still hip.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I also heard that Brandy is putting out a Christmas album this year. Okay. And, you know, I'm excited about that. Think of the vocal lyrics. I
1: mean, you love Brandy. You love Christmas albums. I do. Yeah.
0: So I, I love Brandy.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> That's one out of and two. And I like Christmas albums enough.
0: I mean, if you've heard Mariah's both of them and t- didn't have a strong feeling. I, I think mean, it's obviously, just,
1: I listen to Mariah's and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Right. But like Christmas albums as a whole, I'm like, yeah, sure. I Get white people like it. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to see you during that holiday party. It's, it's going to be great, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people, Matt Steele? That we love you all. We do love you so much and we'll be back next week with more To you, Matt's the podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>